There was a, a recent widely reported incident of a bunch of academics and trans activists trying to deplatform professor or former professor now, uh, Kathleen Stock, basically for being a turf. And she was due to speak at the Oxford Union. And I'm going to talk about the details about that um, a bit later. But it's being characterised either as a free speech issue or a matter of holding a transphobe accountable. But I actually have a very different opinion. I don't think I've heard my opinion anywhere. Um, so I'm going to explain why I think what I do once I've actually explained the situation. So um, Kathleen Stock is a, a former professor. I think she was at the University of Sussex. Mm -hmm. And she was basically forced to resign, as far as I'm aware, um, because of trans activists brigading her. I don't know what the term is, but basically just harassing her into having to leave. Yeah, she, she wrote the book Material Goals, which from the position of a lesbian academic, says that men and women are biologically different. So I haven't read it. I plan mm -hmm. on doing so at some point, but I don't think that's too contentious to take. The no. normal sane people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's still pretty much the, the given consensus in psychology, as far as I'm aware, despite what uh, some psychologists might say. But funnily enough, um, Pink News actually did quite a good breakdown of uh, what she's known for. And... Um, you can't say we don't use a multitude of different sources here, but yeah, um, the rest of it, obviously, insane uh, gender politics nonsense, but the summary of what she's done is good. So it says, the writer and academic has continued to generate headlines ever since both co-founding The Lesbian Project, a group created exclusively for cisgender lesbians, and her involvement in the upcoming Channel 4 documentary, Gender Wars. I think that was just covering the back and forth between the TERFs and the trans lobby. And it says, according to Gender Wars participants, Stock will be a main character in the documentary, which purports to explore how sex and gender have become one of the most polarizing issues of our time. And I don't know about that because I think actually there's less polarization in the gender stuff in that I think more people agree with us on that than say think matters of immigration. Or sure, but I think other than obviously the crime born out of immigration, the effects of gender politics policies are some of the most obvious and egregious because of how it That's impacts very true, children yeah. and vulnerable adults, mm -hmm. i.e. Richie Heron. It, it's certainly one of the more emotive ones, isn't it? That's mm. fair to say. So it says, Kathleen Stock is a British philosopher and writer who was a professor at the University of Sussex until 2021. And, and prior to this, she taught at the University of Lancaster in East Anglia. Um, says, Stock, who identifies as lesbian, has two sons with her ex-husband, um, she currently lives with a partner, Laura Gibbon, a psychologist at the University College London, with whom she shares another child. Mm. I don't know quite know how that works. Um, Probably surrogacy and a sperm donor. So again, we are we broadly agree with Kathleen Stock's opinions on the gender debate because, mm -hmm. of course, men and women exist. But I have substantive disagreements with her, her choice of parenthood myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day. You, you can't be right-wing and be a feminist, can you? I think that that's, those two things are completely irreconcilable. I think they're trying to reappropriate the label feminist, and I'm currently trying to be, bully it out of some of the reactionary ones. Yeah, I, However, I remember 2015. I'm not going to forget that. Just like, yeah. oh, yeah. But you, it, I, I would say less so, less so feminist and more so you, you cannot be, and she, don't, she doesn't define herself as right-wing, you, you cannot no, be conservative not. and also break up your family. Mm -hmm. And that is why I am somewhat lukewarm on you know, defending her. Obviously, I'm going to defend her, her right to have free speech on this matter. But I also think that 
at, at the same time, just because someone agrees with you on one thing, if you disagree with what they're saying, you don't necessarily have to defend their right to say it. It's not just that. It's just, I will defend her right to appear at Oxford because she was invited. Yes. And anyone screaming and trying to disrupt it is pathetic mm -hmm. because other speakers have been invited. And speakers of far less calibre. I was informed that a porn star showed up at there the other week as well. That's right, yeah. So, so I think Kathleen Stock probably warrants the position a lot more. But it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. mean that, doesn't mean that I would be excited or agreeing with all of the aspects of her talk. Very true. So... He carries on to say, um, in 2021, Stock was made an, uh, an officer of the Order of the British Empire, an OBA, OBE, for services to higher education, which I think is quite interesting that this was around the time that she was getting harassed mm. by trans people. And then she <laughs> was made an officer of the Order of the British Empire. So quite impressive, really. But anyway, um, moving on to another leftist outlet, uh, that of The Guardian. Um, here they say, Kathleen Stock says she is a moderate as protests planned over Oxford debate. Yeah. And I think, I mean, she's a moderate in the paradigm of British politics, perhaps, in that she's softer left than some. She's an anti-woke liberal. Yeah. She wants to basically return to the 1990s, as to mm -hmm. lots of... But in the, the grand scheme of what political ideas are possible, mm. you know, outside of the paradigm of British politics, I, don't, I wouldn't say she's a moderate, really. He's more on the progressive side. Yes, yeah, she's socially progressive, definitely. Yeah, so I think that is kind of true, but not. But certainly in the climate of British politics, that is a, a true claim. But she's trying to appeal to, listen, I'm a reasonable person, don't attack me. But implicit in that, of course, is that if you're not moderate, it's okay to attack people. Mm. And I don't think that that's fair either, really, because, of course, it's just a way of the centre attacking the polls, which isn't really a good thing. Yeah, it marginalises any movement at the fringes of the Overton window, even if the current position that discourse is in is unhealthy. And I think that paradigm has actually um, been part of the reason why the political system has remained so static, yeah. in that normally change comes from the fringes. It's true of both the sciences and politics. I mean, it seems to be that you get a couple of individuals, an individual, who breaks the mould and then sets a trend that other people follow. That's how these sorts of changes happen. And by having these sorts of things framed in this sort of way, you're enabling this sort of thing, really. But yes, the, this Oxford Union debate was supposedly going to go on, obviously her talking about sex and gender, all of that sort of stuff. I'm not going to talk about the content of what she says, because I think most of you at home are pretty much on board with that, so I don't really feel the need to tell you the arguments. I mean, yes, um, biological factors are the most important, obviously, to anyone with a sane mind. But yeah, the trans people did announce before she was going to do this this speech that they were going to try and interfere. I mean, if, uh, <laughs> if the shoe was on the other foot, and I hate to be the, the whataboutist, but if a bunch of right-wingers were disrupting something, say, like Drag Queen Story Hour, then there would be the words domestic terrorism on the lips of the establishment, wouldn't there? Mm. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, when the right goes to defend the well-being of children, people are just like, oh, you can't do that. But when it's a, a civilised discussion, that's oh, okay. But uh, there we go. <laughs> it's not meant to be fair in politics, is it? But here um, in this next one, she's on her way to the debate, seemingly doing her best uh, Gallagher Brothers impression. I was going to say, she's dressed like Pete Davidson. 
definitely not one of the Gallagher brothers, but yeah, she had to hire security mm. just to turn up to do a debate, which of course is not good for, for anyone really, because it raises the, the cost of having to do a, a public speaking thing to such a level that only a, a fair few people can do it. Um, are you going to mention the newly passed free speech legislation at any point? The the one that um, enforces universities? Yes. Yeah, um, we can talk about that now. I was going to mention it. I was going to mention it just because this is a tweet that you've got from Matt Goodwin, who yes. was in on Tuesday, mm -hmm. book club coming out soon, delightful gentleman, and he had a hand in actually legislating this. He was informing the government as one of many academics and lawyers who crafted this with the former universities minister, who was a short-lived education minister, uh, and also Gavin Williamson, who was terrible, but did one good thing in mm -hmm. this, now that it's eventually passed. The interesting thing that happened is that Rishi Sunak's free speech advisor, a woman whose name I've forgotten, it was published in the papers just this morning on my way in to, to discussing this with mm -hmm. you. This is Thursday, Thursday. Yep. time of recording. Snap. And Matt and Kathleen Stock were blocked from meeting with this woman to consult on the legislation for a time by Whitehall and the Westminster Blob. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Yes. I, I wonder why that would be. Yes. I mean, you mean people who aren't elected interfering in British politics? That never happens. Well, the deeply entrenched, intersectionally indoctrinated ideologues have decided to block our ability to discuss anything, even with people like Stock, who I have substantive disagreements with, mm -hmm. and it's just irritating. But that legislation has now been passed, and obviously we're going to talk about mm -hmm. the specifics of that later. On the topic of feminism, here we have an article by you. Oh. Um, here it is, reactionary feminism and the trad wife anachronism. So seemingly there are um, rumblings in the feminist movement. I don't really quite understand. I haven't done the digging that you Read have. Read Mary's book. That's mm -hmm. what I'll say. Mary's, Mary's a friend and she's, she's very good. Her, her, the, the thesis of this article and a large chapter of her book is that tradwifery is an anachronism born of short-lived economic conditions for the boomer generation. And so if we want men and women to have sort of sexually complementary solidarity in a marriage, we need to go not back to the 1950s, but to the 1450s. Okay. Um, See, there's a smile. <laughs> she also wants to ban the pill. I mean, it, it does seem to be pretty bad. I mean, I was shocked when, I, when we did that digging into yep. it. I was just like, wow, this yeah. is way, way worse she than I She has the exact same opinions as, as me on that. So <laughs> she's one of ours. But um, older Rashid Sanuk went a bit rogue. He... Uh, came out of the woodwork and actually defended free speech. But He's still my beating heart. <laughs> so here we have the Telegraph reporting. Rishi Sunak backs Kathleen Stock after trans uproar over Oxford invite. And it, I'm just going to read the byline quickly. It says, PM says, vocal few must not be allowed to stifle debate after Professor's upcoming appearance, a union event prompted free speech row. And I mean, I actually do agree with Rishi Sunak, which mm. is one of the few times you're actually going to hear me say that. But... But yes, he is framing things in a way that is uh, amenable to, say, the, the Tory voting base, typically. And I think that there may be some cynical incentives, because I think that the right of the Tory party have been a bit alienated by Rishi, particularly because he's been dubbed Rishi the money printer Sunak mm. for his role in basically creating the widespread inflation that we have today, as well as many other um, concessions to progressivism. But I would say, actually, it's not even that he's pandering to conservatives, because actual conservatives, as we already distinguished, have substantive disagreements with stock. It's exactly, more that yeah. he's pandering to the moderates, the mm -hmm. anti-woke coalition, who... 
like Andrew Doyle, for example, would be a conservative voter if conservatives did more of this stuff and less of the money printing and the Penny Mordaunt style gender uh, gender ideology, mm. man, uh, a trans man is man, trans woman is woman stuff. And so he's more pandering to the anti-woke coalition than he is people that mm -hmm. would have disagreements with Stock's life. I was going to say exactly that, in that it, it's quite a, a savvy move for his electoral chances, because of course, it's quite tight in the polls between him and Labour. So he's probably going to be saying lots of things because of that, that are going to get people on side. And I think that that's one way of doing it, in that he's going to get try and get the sort of moderate left on his side. Well, which... he's, he's not determined, he's determined to not un-F the economy. So mm -hmm. he might as well double down on an, on an issue which, as we said before, is very emotive and polarising. Exactly, yes. And um, even after he released a statement to The Telegraph, he also took to Twitter and then tweeted about it as well. So he he's giving the impression that he's doubly concerned about free speech. Although, well, Stafford uh, did, let's put it that way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He says, a free society requires free debate. Um, Doc Stock's invitation to Oxford Union should stand and students should be allowed to hear and debate her views. We mustn't allow a small but vocal few to shut down discussion. Right, brilliant. Okay, um, what about the abortion buffer zones? which were passed under your government, and if you pray silently in your head near an abortion centre, you can be locked up, as Isabel Vaughan Spruce mm -hmm. has been twice. Or the online harms bill, which decides to... And they've taken out the legal but harmful clause, but you were definitely contemplating it in there for quite a while. So you, you're not you're not completely committed to this. It's just unilateral when, it's, when there's big public outcry. I was going to give both of those examples. You read my mind. Oh, but yeah, well. it, it's free speech for the left and not for, for us, really, isn't yeah. it? That's what's going on here. Like he's using the language of the right, but it's only applied to the left. And it's really frustrating because we're basically having the, the free speech issue co-opted from underneath us. And if um, all of a sudden the, the establishment rebrands itself as, yeah, we're all for free speech, we're against these trans extremists, as some might say they're putting woke away and, and rebranding their insidious schemes, um, it, it's entirely possible. I mean it might make sense to do that because people are kind of getting onto it, aren't they? And so I think that what's being said here and the fact it's about this particular situation, had he had a better track record of applying it across the political spectrum, you might say, okay, well, there's some actual principle there. But um, I mean, it, it would be very naive to think a establishment conservative has any belief whatsoever except in making money. But yes, that's, that's one of the main points I wanted to make, that this isn't some victory for us. It's using our own principles basically against us. Yeah, to continually undermine us in some, some mm -hmm. way. Because, of course, once they have established this, this situation, if it does happen, then they can say, well, we, we're the ones that defended free speech. You didn't do anything about it. I mean, we didn't hear you talking about this sort of thing. So you say you're all about free speech, but you try and cancel the left and stuff like that. This is also a point, and I'm glad you brought up Mary earlier in your in your plug, she makes the point of we actually need to roll back all of this ideology of disembodiment because the birth control pill switching reproduction to off, abortion saying that your personal self-definitive freedom takes precedence over the life of a dependent child is the kind of logic that has led ineluctably to the redefinition of the body under trans ideology. So you can't just roll it back to, oh, but you can be a lesbian with a surrogate, you don't have to keep your family together. Mm -hmm. And, and then just go, and we'll just stay here and die on this hill, like preserving culture in amber. It's not going to work that way. So this is why mm. this is actually subversive, not just because Sunak doesn't believe 
in free discourse, uh, free discourse because of his policies, but also because we're not going to just go back to the 1990s and stay in that position because the 1990s mm-hmm. got us here. People always talk about politics like it's going to we'll, we'll achieve our aims and it's just a static thing. And once we've got yeah. there, it's just going to remain like that. But you've also got to make sure that your legacy is preserved. Like getting in and enacting the legislation is only half of the battle. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's always so difficult to enact change. And when I say it like that, it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? But yeah, but loads of people believe in the end of it. history. That's the problem. Yeah. And that that end of history thing that you just get to a point and then you stay the same forever, I don't think that's ever going to be the case no. in any amount of human history. And uh <laughs> that's quite a claim, but I'm I'm willing to stand by it. So there was also a bit of a disruption. So this is a, a trans activist, I presume. I mean, they've got they, them in the, their bio, so I, um, in their name, sorry. So. Piers, Piers Morgan previously invited them, it, on the show to mm-hmm. debate trans activism as well. So they're, they're notorious attention seeker. Yes, so they say, This evening I glued my hand to the floor of Oxford Union debating chamber wearing a t-shirt which said, No more dead trans kids. Well, then stop pushing trans ideology. Yes, that would be my comments exactly. I mean look at the detransitioners. I mean, you spoke to Richie Herring, yeah. didn't you? I mean, there's no mention of that. I mean, it seems to be that the, the people who disagree with transitioning fundamentally are also the ones that are saying, listen, this is a massive human tragedy for the people who went through it. Well, also, there's just the raw fact that this pandemic of teen suicide relating to gender ideology claiming that it's because they haven't been affirmed. Okay, why is there not an unbroken chain of high teen suicides if these people are just becoming trans now because now we're just more accepting and we're allowing them to express themselves. If the past was so repressive, why were teens not killing themselves in comparative numbers until gender ideology came along? Yeah. And there's also the fact as well that I think suicides have, if anything, have gone up. They have. Yeah. So I think that there's not really too much stock in that argument, as well as the fact that, um, well, I suppose I can't say this on YouTube, but... um, the British Psychological Society recognises certain things about that, a, a certain... Uh, con- Magn- uh, mental comorbidities? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Okay. Oh, I, I bloody hate censorship. Uh, I just want to talk about it freely. It's so annoying. That's why we prefer Rumble. Go watch us on there. Exactly. Um, or our website, because we actually don't have to censor ourselves there. But um, if you uh, scroll down a little bit on that thread, John, um, it says Kathleen Stock is an... an oh. There we go. Uh, Kathleen Stock is an academic known for her ideas around gender ideology. I respect Kathleen's right to free speech. Well, you just interrupted her speech. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe you sat there silently, but you're still diverting attention away from it. So, I mean, saying you support it and then interrupting. I mean, if you actually had serious opposition to her, maybe if there was a question and answers section, you could have asked a the question. There we go. Yeah, but I, I think discourse is going to get to a much healthier place when you're allowed to just walk up to her or on the Just Stop Oil people who've glued their hands to the road, not say anything and just go like that. Mm-hmm. And everyone is completely apathetic to their whining at how in pain they are because they've put themselves in that situation. It will be much healthier when we get to there. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for glue to dry. If you catch them early, <laughs> you, you're not going to even hurt them. Yeah. So there is that. It says, um, but I'm also painfully aware of the consequences of her anti-trans propaganda. Her career and image is built around misinformation and fear-mongering. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of philosophy, but I, I don't think it's <laughs> necessarily misinformation and fear-mongering. I think the, that part of her career is entirely separate, funnily enough. Well, it's impossible to change your sex. So the idea that you can do it by thought is the misinformation. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So it goes on to say, the consequences of Stock's message in the broader media hate campaign are extensive. Trans people in the UK are stigmatised, threatened and harassed. You're bloody everywhere. There's a drag queen in every bloody advert. <laughs> I'm just, these people are delusional. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they, what level of acceptance they want. It's just like every person is now trans. Just a, a trans wave, a sea of everyone becoming trans. I mean, what what would you want? We are going towards transhumanism. That's what it is. Mm. But I'm not going to read any more of this. I feel bad enough giving her any publicity because that mm. seems to be what she wants. But it's worthwhile, you know, actually trying to understand what they're saying about things so we can better combat it, right? But um, here, um, John's pulled up a tweet that shows the the trans counter-protest just walking around, I presume to be Oxford. It is I'm, Oxford, yeah. It's the high street, I recognise I've, I've never actually been. I lived there when I started working here. It's actually a nice city. Mm. But um, yes, it's it seems to be uh, a bunch of kids that might have been bullied at school. Uh, not to be rude. Or not enough. Yes. Um, I was bullied mercilessly young. and I turned out normal-ish. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't and I haven't. Yeah, you were the one giving everyone swirlies, That's which you right, still yeah. do in the office. Help, <laughs> he keeps me prisoner. <laughs> but yes, they, they were just walking around, but they, they didn't really disrupt things in the same way that it happens in America, where they're you know, throwing smoke bombs and all of that sort yeah, of stuff. Pots and pans, megaphones, they're just being politely cringe. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a bit of a difference between Britain and America in that sense, in things that are much more grave in America, I think. that. Well, it, it depends where. I mean, obviously at Hyde Park on Sunday, Posey Parker had a, one of the Let Women Speak events and some guy who had an arm trans kid sign tried to start a fight and had to be wrestled to the ground. So some of these people are genuinely violent. Mm -hmm. But um, it doesn't seem to be enough to warrant some sort of political response yet. It seems to be that yeah. it's just one or two more insane people than usual. Yeah. But um, there were also some some prominent reactions. I thought this one was quite funny. Um, <laughs> this is not how biological women sit. Trans invest investigation incoming. I think they misspelled investigation. But um, it's just pointing out the fact that she's kind of dressed like a bloke, sat like a bloke. I mean, she is a lesbian, so that's, I mean, yeah, well, kind that's, of fair enough. That's how Ellen DeGeneres sits. I know, yeah. Like but it, it does raise the point that she's not exactly rejected um, this sort of gender stuff no. wholesale. I mean, you can be, you can have a sexual preference without having to express it in how you present yourself. And I think that what, it, well, I understand why it exists because it's a signaling thing, isn't it? Because um, gay, lesbian people, you, you can't know if they behave like straight people, and so they, they have behaviours that signal to one another mm. because it, they're a much smaller proportion of the population. It's a subculture. Yeah. Um, and the irony is as well, and I'm not going to touch too much on this topic because people at Redux and The Daily Wire have done better jobs, but when we hear from transgender women, so blokes that try to become women, that they've watched a lot of hypnotic pornography which accentuates the female form and then they suddenly go out and try and dress like Jessica Rabbit or a female stereotype. It's kind of hilarious when you hear about them say, well, gender is a social construct and it's not tied to sex, but also here's me as the most exaggerated woman possible. Whereas <laughs> Kathleen Stock doesn't dress or, or act very feminine, so mm -hmm. it means she must have a cock. Yeah, but obviously I'm not going to, you know, pull people up and say, oh, you can't do that and stuff like that. I don't, 
I don't really care that much about how people dress as long as it's not, you know, they're not getting their bits out. I, I, I don't think it's very aesthetically pleasing, but then she's not that interested in me, so she's not really going to care, is she? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yes, yeah, so if we move on to the next one here, we have... Um, <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are wrong. I think this is a trans activist. Um, am I wrong in seeing Kathleen Stock as, for all intents and purposes, a trans man? It's like she's fighting against everything gender non-conforming except for her own particular expression of gender non-conforming. Yes, it's possible to live in reality and realise you are a woman while also not conventionally dressing like one. And I've singled this out because there's some interesting aspects to it. Obviously, it's not necessarily a prominent commentator or anything of necessary interest, but I just thought the idea was interesting. Mm. And the thing that I thought in was interesting is that their um, their perception is that she's criticising them for being gender non-conforming, as if she's enforcing um, stereotypes, basically, mm. when her argument's always been, yeah, you can't legally recognise um, trans people as being biologically the sex they claim to identify as. Because they're not. However, mm -hmm. in, in trying to become trans, lots of the mm -hmm. time, particularly the men trying to become women, embody the stereotypes to an absurd degree, and also mostly unsuccessfully. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think she's necessarily against gender non-conforming because she's demonstrating it herself. Yeah. And I actually think that it's probably not good for people to do that. But I'm also not going to say, oh, that's terrible. Oh, it, you know, don't do that. That needs to be stopped because it's small fry, isn't it? It's not that big a deal. I wouldn't advise it, but then again, I can't force people to take my advice. <laughs> Just yeah. So there's, there's a bit of nuance there that I think has kind of fallen uh, a bit to the wayside. Well, I like just basically how they're reading the tea leaves of what she wears to say that say that she's under some sort of false consciousness it's of her own like biology. They, they, they can tell that someone's biologically belonging to a specific sex, um, even if their clothes might indicate otherwise. Mm. Strange, isn't it? But it's also like they're involuntarily transitioning her. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, of course, um, known turf, accused turf, uh, JK Rowling, says, I'm so proud to call the brave and brilliant Doc Stock a friend. So, yes, seems like the turfs are sticking together. And, of course, J.K. Rowling giving prominence to this will at least put eyes on it, which is probably part of the reason that Rishi Sunak um, commented about it in the yes. first place. My only thing is, and this has been a point raised by Seamus Cogling on Tim Cast, fellow Catholic Irishman, um, <laughs> when we get past this particular debate, this malady, this this medical malpractice scandal conducted on children and vulnerable adults, the TRAs will, sorry, no, the TERFs will not necessarily be our friend on every other issue because they all want to go back to 2015 feminism and we definitely won't. So that will be a bridge uh, yes. that we must cross when it comes to it. I, I am not going to forgive feminism for what it did in the past just because they are our temporary allies in one issue. Exactly. Carl could be playing video games right now and you guys just didn't let him. If you appreciated that segment from the podcast of The Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium contents on the site, such as the Epoch series, this episode on the Spanish Civil War. And if you want to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters underscore com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>